We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 NFL Week 15 Best Bets. And I pray to God the spreads don't change too much between now and Saturday and Sunday as the games actually do occur, because that happens. You want an update on everyone who is in and who everyone who is out? Sub to the Mayo Media Newsletter. There's another one coming out on Saturday morning with an updated injury tracker. All the injuries are updated right now in the latest post in the newsletter, so you can check that out down in the description. Remember to smash the like, and let's say hello to our friends on Game Plus TV. Sub to Mayo Media Network on YouTube while you're here. Additionally, play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League. The link is down in the description. Is not filling very fast. I was hoping that we were going to have a huge blowout for week 16 or week 17, have like $75,000 of guaranteed money, but we are not trending towards that. We need to fill it this week. It's only half full and it's Friday. This is bad news. I know people are waiting because of all the injuries, but get your spots right now so they do not make it smaller. Want to bring in right now, coming off a bad week from the three of us, worst week of the season with Rob Pozzola and Cam Stewart. Combined, folks, we were two and seven. And, oh, God. And, and Rob, uh, you and I both got our gold picks because we both had Dallas. And that it, it's funny that the Bills situation flips it from being an over 500 week to a really terrible yes. week because we all yep. had the Bills on the card yep. and they were sitting there fourth fourth and six in the fourth quarter and me being like I like that game was bs that I'd, game was bs and I, I i i even had buccaneer fans come up to me what what's the deal so Diggs is getting basically molested in the end zone the buffalo bills can't get any calls tampa bay guys are pancaking guys it's like this team doesn't need any more help i know we talk about referees being bad but the buffalo roger goodell's from buffalo what is the deal 
that I don't care, Pizzola. You could say whatever. I know refs are bad every week. That was deplorable how bad that was. I just wanted them to not get it on fourth and six, down by three. Exactly. I was like, we got the hook. This is exactly the situation we wanted to get into. And Rob, I know that you were like, don't kick the field goal. Don't kick the field goal. Oh, man. I, I was actually literally on yeah. my knees in the basement watching the TV and be like, please go for this fourth down. McDermott's been known to go for fourth downs like that too. Honestly, I would have gone for that fourth down. I'm surprised that they didn't. You're on the road. Uh, you have like, I, I don't want to say momentum, but you've been marching on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the entire second half. One play to get yourself that first down, I, I would have went instead of kicking the field goal and taking my chances in overtime. I the, it, the problem here, and I think this boils down to what the conversation that you wanted to talk about, what's coming stemming out of the Thursday night game in terms of analytics in fourth down realistically, it should just be a probability chart. Analytics don't mean you automatically get something. It's just you have a higher percentage chance of doing yes. it this one way versus another. There's a huge fail rate with all of this stuff. It's it's not like a lock-in just because you go for it. But I think that the Bills' decision in the Tampa game was influenced by their decision earlier in the year against Tennessee when they didn't get it, which was still the right call. They just didn't get it. It was poor execution on their part. I think that's what factored into it. I can't say for sure. I don't know, but... I think like the term analytics causes a lot of people to go haywire when they hear that, when the reality is that analytics is just as the, the way that it's used in football is just a synonym for basic math. Like these are basic math decisions. Everybody uses math in their day-to-day -day lives and they accept it. You go to the grocery store, you buy groceries, they tally them up for you. They say, oh, it's this plus this plus this, this is what you owe. And we just accept that as fact. But now all of a sudden, when we translate things to probability and we start saying, well, this is your you know, expected points if you kick a field goal or your expected points if you go for this, uh, people just completely lose their minds because they see the, the result of that one specific play. And it's bothersome for me. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm obviously a math guy. I grew up with statistics. I, I, you know, I am where I am today based off of using statistics to build models to, to beat sports. So I strongly believe in what I do, but it's at a level where now it's like every single decision is questioned and it's, it's like a recency bias on top of it. You look at Thursday night football and the Brandon Staley stuff. I mean, people were gargling Brandon Staley's balls earlier in the year when he went for all those fourth downs against Cleveland in that game. And they all worked. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as his quarterback because he went for all these fourth downs and it worked. And like, we're very quick to forget that because the Chargers lost the game. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of just a frustrating conversation to have because I think it just boils down to like very simple, basic math that anyone can understand. But there is a segment of the population that I feel refuses to understand it, Pat. But you don't think that there should be any context with these decisions based on the personnel that you currently have, how you've seen this game unfold, whether the execution you think is actually going to be there. Because I feel like that's the part that's lost in it is that you pay these coaches to actually make decisions based on what they see. And theoretically, they are the best in the world at what they do and understanding what the game is. They're not, they're not paid. I mean, they should be paid or they should have someone on staff to present the probabilities to them. But I feel like there should be some context that's put into it. That's my only pushback on any of this. Because I'm with you. I, I Listen, I want to be as aggressive as possible on a football field where yep. I, I'd be going for fourth and nine all the time. Just, you know, but I am also a generation of someone who never... When Madden came out 25 years ago, I was like, why would anyone ever punt? This is ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't I just try to score as many points as possible? There is a time but, to punt, though. But, there is a time to punt. But why would you ever advocate punting to the Chiefs? 
No, I understand. And that's the thing. You have to, and you and Pozzola are right. There's different ways to look at this. You have to look at the concept. If your defense is on fire and this team can't do anything against you and you have a fourth and long decision, you punt the ball because you're going to get the ball back anyway. Sometimes you have to look at the, the glass as half full. Hey, I, Pozzola, I respect Matt too. I think a lot of these times, these guys, you're, you're scared. You're scared to win when you make those decisions. But putting points on the board sometimes is a good thing when you're in a tight game. And Pat, if my defense is on fire, I will make decisions to say, let's pin these turkeys. I know there's also factors. Your punter, the thing might bounce and go to the 20-yard line. That's an issue. But an angled punt out of bounds, make them drive the field. The whole thing about football is this, and a lot of teams are doing this. Ben, don't break. I'm going to let you try to score us on 15 plays. Dink and dunk or whatever, one of those plays you're going to screw up. That seems to be the modern-day football you know what I mean? And that's what a lot of these defenses are doing. Cause eventually when you're going to run a lot of plays, you're going to screw up. Hey, I'm all for analytics too, when it works, but I also think you got to go old school and sometimes punting the ball and letting your defense get the ball back is my way to go. The, yeah, the, I, the, I, hold on. The example that I would bring up, I believe there was a Monday night football game. I think it was jets and Browns last year. I think that's what it was. Disgusting. Horrible game. And basically there, there was a situation where Stefanski had the ball around like midfield or so they were just across mm-hmm. the jet side. I think they were on like the 46 or 47. They had like a fourth and inches situation and the world was like, go for it. But like the jets legitimately could, I think they had negative yardage in the second half mm-hmm. and he just punted it down to the five. They're like, they're not scoring on us. We, <laughs> might, we, we may as well <laughs> yes. do, listen, they might get a first down. They might get two. They are not driving 85 yards to beat us. And, I think that would become a contact situation because every single number would say, just go mm-hmm. for it. But their offense wasn't really moving the ball at all either. And they had a seven point lead in the game. They were like, you know what? Our defense is supposed to be good. This offense sucks. This feels like the higher percentage play for us because it feels like there's a 99% chance that they are not going down the field and coming up against us. So I think that the context of some of these situations in game should play a factor. If you see something that obviously the numbers can't quantify. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I there, there are situations where it's not just by the book. Like if you're playing uh, Buffalo, New England Monday night a couple of weeks ago, where it's a windstorm, a lot of the numbers have to go out the window in terms of what you expect to convert, whether or not punting is worth it going into the wind because you're going to punt like 15 yards um, versus a you know having the wind in your favor, so on and so forth. But like what it boils down to is. And I've heard Harbaugh talk about this. The Ravens were one of the first teams to embrace analytics. I've always liked the Ravens for doing that. Um, and then like a lot of the team has followed, a lot of the teams in the league have followed suit afterwards. But it just boils down to this is the probability, like this is what we need in order to be able to go for it here. And a lot of cases for the Chargers last night, they needed to convert at a rate that was in the low 40%, like 42% to make it worthwhile for them to go for it instead of kicking a field goal. And when you have the Chargers offense against the Chiefs defense, like I I think that's a smart gamble. And like let's be real here. Let, let's act, like let's break down the plays. The first one, I hope he's doing okay, Donald Parham. That was a very scary play. But the ball was, I mean, he caught the ball. It was in his hands. He knocked himself out, right? Like that that was a play where they had a receiver open. Should have been a touchdown. Very unfortunate circumstance. The second one that got batted down, Keenan Allen was wide open. Uh, I mean, I don't, Herbert like kind of just sidearmed it. I don't know why he didn't go over the top of Sorensen. It was like a weird play. But for me, it boiled down to the Chargers didn't execute well. It wasn't that they made the wrong decisions. It was they didn't execute. They had plays where they had guys wide open for those fourth downs. 
and it didn't work in their favor. But um, I mean, that such is life. We deal with small samples, two or three. The only thing that I, I, I like really, really bothers me is the notion that if the Chargers kick those field goals, that they win the game and that the Chiefs don't do anything differently. Like, obviously, Kansas City is going to react very differently based off what the score is of, of the game. And if it's 17-10 at halftime versus 14-10, that changes what Kansas City is going to do in the second half. So a lot of these, oh, you know, if they put six points on the board, they end up winning the game. They don't need overtime. I don't buy that. Like, the Chiefs are going to play very differently based off what the score in the game is as well. So I think that's something that's never considered and like, additional context that needs to be added to this situation. But at the end of the day, if I'm the Chargers offense, I need to convert at just over 40% to make this a worthwhile endeavor against the Chiefs defense without Chris Jones, a defense that they were moving the ball on pretty consistently, then I, like, I think it's a no-brainer. And um, I, I don't like being a results-based analyst. I think that Brandon Staley made the right calls. The team just executed on them poorly. The, the two things that I'll bring up uh, that kind of support you with this, which I think is completely unfair, is one is the complete reaction to whatever the outcome in that initial play is. Like you said, they need to convert at over a 40, let's say 42% clip. But let's say they convert at a 45% clip, and that would make it worthwhile for them to do. That means if they fail 55% of the time, it was still the right decision. That's not going to look good for anyone because people are failing at these things, just like a lot of football is a lot of failing. It would, it would be like... <clears throat> In baseball, if someone didn't hit 700, you'd be like, well, you know, he got out three times. That, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's not really how it works. So you're only really comparing the idea of going for it versus the success and failure rate of going for it on fourth down, regardless of what happens afterwards. Now, if the outcome goes up against you, then it makes it seem a lot worse than it is. But what no one does is compare the teams that consistently go for it on fourth down versus the teams that consistently just punt the ball because no one ever talks about that because that's what you're expected to do by the analysts and by a lot of the old school media is that no one is bringing up what happens then if you end up punting the ball how does that negatively affect you like you know the giants punt the ball all the time they lose every game but you know that's that's never really brought up <laughs> Pat, it's all, part of the reason is they got daniel jones and mike glennon as their quarterbacks as well there's a lot of further issues uh with that club there are teams that will literally take delay of game penalties because there's not enough room for them to punt it instead of going for it. Like imagine you're fourth and one at the other team's 37 or whatever. And you're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to try to draw them offside, take a delay of game penalty to give us a little bit more room to punt. Yeah, that's like, stupid. Like the, it, it's, it's gotten to the point now where, I mean, at the end of the day, most of the coaches do understand this now. There's like probably about a handful that are still very old school, the Pete Carroll type of guys who are just like, I don't even know what he's doing anymore. The league is, has passed him by. But um, most guys understand this. It's just uh, I'm talking more so about like the general, I guess I, I live in the Twitter sphere a lot. Maybe that's a personal problem for me, but I like to watch the games on Twitter and see what other people are thinking. And it, these decisions, the fourth down ones, the fourth and one punting, like they're very divisive. And it seems to be very old school guys versus more modern people, the old school guys who grew up on a certain uh, style of football. And there's like this refusal to adapt. But like, you know, Charles Barkley said it best when they were doing that, uh, when he was paired with Phil Mickelson, and he was just like, you know, analytics is just like a fancy word for stats. He's like, this is just basic stats. Like, I don't understand why people have such a problem with it. I completely agree with him. I think like the, the term analytics now has this negative connotation where people just lose their mind. It's really basic math. 
that's what it boils down to for me. Well, how do you factor in the probability of what is going on this weekend in the NFL where teams could be potentially missing 20 guys from their roster, but now there's like new provisions in that if they can somehow test negative before Saturday, maybe they can play on Sunday. It's kind of a complete shit show right now. I'll tell you what I've done this week. Early on in the week, I was willing to bet whatever sides I liked because the reality of the situation is if you're betting early in the week, yes, COVID is going to be a problem, but it has a chance to work in your favor or it has a chance to work against you. So I'm not going to let numbers slip away because, oh, who knows how COVID is going to impact it because later in the week when I go to bet those numbers, they're going to be completely different. Uh, for example, I like the Eagles. I bet them early on in the week at minus four. I'm very happy about that now. Obviously, that worked in my favor. There's games that could work against me. So that that's the first part of it. The second, though, is as soon as I do hear there's a COVID situation for a team, I'm immediately going to bet the other side, regardless of whether I like them or not, because the line is going to move so much. I can decide what I want to do with that position later on in the week. I could either play back. I can keep it. There's potential for even more COVID cases to come for that team, as we've seen with the Rams and Washington. So that's kind of how I've been treating the week. It's been a very weird one for me where I'm mostly just playing on news. Like I have TweetDeck open, refreshing. Okay, this team has a potential COVID case. I'm going to bet against them. And then like I'm going to just wait as much as I can for the dust to settle on Sunday to decide what I want to do with the rest of the games. Do you think that there's, Cam, any inherent advantage in some of these COVID list things? Because it does seem like if a team has lost 10 or so players to the COVID list, that the spread hasn't quite actualized which players they've actually lost. Like, I look at the Brown situation. And yeah, Baker's... They lost a punter. Yeah, like... like that's important. <laughs> I, see, I, I would say no. I would say... They lose Baker and they lose Keenum. And that's been the, I mean, there was the initial wave. They went down from like yeah. six and a half to three to like minus one, plus one, whatever it was. Correct. Then Baker and Keenum get put on the COVID list. And now Nick Mullins is likely to start. I really don't think there's that big of a difference between Baker and Nick Mullins. I agree, Pat. I think Nick <laughs> Mullins is actually, when he played for San Francisco, the guy went out there and delivered. What's the difference between Baker Mayfield and Keenum? Not much. That's the whole thing. These guys, Baker Mayfield is not an upper echelon quarterback, but so you're in Pozzola's point when Gillum, the punter's out there. So what's going to happen? Is the kicker going to punt? What are they going to do? Go for it more on fourth down. These are things that are going to change in the game. I'll tell you one thing, Pat, I'm loving this COVID betting, right? Like, I don't even know how it's happening. There's a big joke at work. Like Cam's always on a COVID cam. He's on the right side. Like I got the Raiders <laughs> at six and a half. And now I'm looking at this line going, this is beautiful. Like every game I took Seahawks at seven and a half, it's four. Like I don't have to do anything with those games. As Pozzola said, we can find a spot. We can try to middle. There's a lot of things that we can do in these spots. So, you know what, Pat? Excellent point by you. Nick Mullins is not much worse than Baker Mayfield, and it's a total, total overreaction. I worry about skill. Uh, the two guys on the offensive line, though, that's an issue. Punter could be an issue. Those are the things I work. At, I look at. The problem is the betting market looks at the quarterback. Cleveland, from one to three, not much difference. And I look at it, too. Like, the offensive line is a problem, but it still seems like they have their best pieces in place. Maybe you can get away with replacement-level guys yeah. in that situation. It's the defensive. Like, if if both lines are still intact and you haven't lost, like, the best members of your secondary, that's what I would be concerned about in all these COVID situations. Do we take Cleveland, Pat? 
Do we take Cleveland? Well, well, We're getting three and a half. Well, 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 let's wait till we get to the picks. But I'm just looking at it. I'm just looking at the latest news right now. Like Miles Garrett uh, has been working off to the side because obviously he had a bad yep. bout with COVID mm-hmm. last year. But it looks like he's going to play. He's just trying not to be around people at the moment until they actually play the game. So as long as their D line is intact, like I think that's their key to winning this game. Their offensive line should be good enough as long as they can harass Carr. It's not. I mean. Kareem Hunt's not playing because he's hurt, not because he has COVID. Yeah, they lose Jarvis Landry. Yeah, Anthony Schwartz isn't playing, but they're still going to have Chubb and Dearness Johnson. Uh, it just seems like a really weird situation where you really need to parse it out. Like, on the other side, when you look yes. at, like, Washington, like, they have no defense left. Like, every good member of their defense is out. <laughs> their entire defensive line, including the backups, are out for Washington. Like, there's, they're, they're, they're actually signing players off of other teams' practice squads right now. Uh, I, listen, at the end of the day, Regardless of who the players are, if you're losing 20 starters or sort of 20 players from your active roster, you're going to be in trouble. Like you're essentially fielding a preseason team. And I can talk myself into Cleveland because they still have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, but it's pretty dire for them too. Like Jedrick Wills, their left tackles on the COVID list. Their right tackle, Jack Conklin's on IR. Right, Wyatt Teller, the right guards on the COVID list. So we're talking about the guys on the, the, the ends of the offensive line against the Raiders who have a very good pass rushing tandem in Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe. Defensively, like I'm just looking at the secondary, Greg Newsom's out. He doesn't have COVID, but I know he's out with injury. AJ Green, Troy Hill, that's two other corners are, are on the COVID list. Ronnie Harrison, their starting safety. John Johnson, their other starting safety. Like their secondary is a mess too. So I, I, I could totally see the Browns competing or even beating the Raiders, but I don't think that the line move is unwarranted. Like it's, it's a very decimated squad. Um, maybe not the cluster injuries that you're seeing with a Washington, but th- there's key players from all sorts of positions. At least the defensive line is intact. Yes. But how long can Nick Mullins dink and duck his way up the field? I don't know. That's the thing with Mullins. He's fine. He's very serviceable. He's definitely not a third stringer. Like he's better than he's better than Davis Mills. Who's a starter. He's better than some other backups in the league, uh, but he does have a like, He's a does have a pension to make some mistakes. Uh, a lot of pick, he throws picks. That's yeah, what he does. Exactly. He makes huge plays and he makes a lot of really bad. Hey, plays. through exactly. through sixteen games to start a career, only Patrick Mahomes has more passing yards than Nick Mullins. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. part of it's because they were trailing for the majority of those games. But yes. Hey, I, then, then I, why I, then why isn't Zach I, Wilson throwing for six thousand yards? Oh, Wilson! Yeah, exactly. Every time I watch Zach Wilson play, I die a little bit inside. Like <laughs> I, I cannot believe that this guy was drafted. Oh, in the in the top all five. you needed to know, all you needed to know, this team at BYU lost to Coastal Carolina, friggin' rooster, the Chanticleers, and the Jets are like gaga. We gotta draft Wilson. Like, are you nuts? Like, we if you've watched college football, you're like, this. What are these guys doing? Like, Pozzola, I'm not a, I'm not in football boardrooms, nor are you and Pat. I knew watching this guy, it doesn't translate to the NFL. Being a good quarterback at BYU, you can run a little bit. Big deal. It's like Taysom Hill. You're a gadget guy. You're not a you're not a starting quarterback. Well, let's anyway. get let's get to the gold picks then. Uh, the only part of our record last week that was above five. Yeah, I, I apologize. Yeah. I was just yeah. I, guys. Honestly, says I was in orbit. I wasn't really had my right mind last. But week. honestly, let's call it out for what it is. I, I I said this to Pat before we came on air today. But the we had the Bills plus three and a half going to uh, overtime. Yeah, the, and they won the coin toss. The, co- the cover probability of a team that wins the coin toss plus three and a half in overtime is 95%. We were yep. on the wrong side of a one and 20. So that, that would have swung the week from two and seven to five and four. I know we lost that pick, 
but it was like we were in very, very good shape. Well, we, well we, were, we were in really, really bad shape. Then we were in really, yep. really good shape. And then it but just that's, the yeah. that's, the, that's the NFL. That's the NFL. You it, get your ups and downs. Like it, it, that's, it almost happened to us with Washington and Dallas. Like oh anyone, who, anyone who had bet Dallas minus six and a half, which it closed at, we didn't. We got it either at three and a half or four, whatever it is when we did the show on Friday. It ballooned to six and a half by Sunday. And if Washington hadn't have missed the extra point at the end of the game, then they would have covered that six and a half, which just would have been devastating after watching how that game unfolded. It unfolded exactly how we thought it was going to unfold for three and a bit quarters that it completely flipped on its head. The NFL end games, I, I shouldn't say only NFL because it's all pro sports. Like anyone who's a hockey it, better. It, it's it's entertainment. It feels scripted. It's a Mexican soap it, opera. Tune it in next week. Next week, you know, the guy walks in, his wife's banging another guy. It's like, oh, here we go. Got to tune in the next week to see if Guido, uh, you know, kills kills this guy. That's the way it works. It, what the hell's going on here? Like, it, honestly, like sports, I'm going to say this, is slightly above WWE. Just call it out for what it is. Is Guido a Mexican name, though? No, you're right, though. I, I should have said, I should have said, Carlos. Like, uh, Carlos. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I was just going to say Carlos, sir. Uh, yeah, good, good, good. Great good minds name. think alike, yeah. Carlos, Carlos, yeah. Anyway, Carlos, uh, yeah, uh, the other guy's tapping your girlfriend, buddy. You better watch out. Tune in next week. As most listeners know, I've been struggling through some health problems, mainly a chest infection and a sinus infection, and it was really hard to sleep, but Beam Organics really helped me through everything. Beam is a functional wellness brand that makes products for sleep, calm, focus, energy, hydration, and recovery. And Beam's new limited edition sleep product, this is the one that vastly helped me, White Chocolate Peppermint Dream Powder is a healthy hot cocoa for winter that's here to give you the best sleep ever. And I will attest, it will give you a fantastic sleep. It's triple lab tested, no added sugar or artificial sweeteners, only 15 calories and tastes delicious. No THC founded by two former professional athletes. And it contains the ultimate sleep promoting ingredients, nanohemp, reishi, magnesium, i-theanin, and melatonin. No grogginess the next day either. I can confirm that. In a review for Beam's website for a white chocolate peppermint dream, Cole wrote, This is a really delicious new flavor. I usually kind of have a sweet tooth at night, but when I drink this stuff, I don't feel the need to eat sweets at night. My girlfriend just makes us two mugs while we watch TV, and then we fall right asleep. The test stuff is perfect for the holidays. I ordered some for my mom for her Christmas gift. Thank you, Cole, for that excellent review of Beam Organics. Are you... Ready to try? Get $20 off any purchase over $75 when you go to beamorganics.com slash mayo. Just go to beamorganics.com and type in our code mayo at checkout. This offer includes one-time purchases and subscriptions. With subscriptions, you get access to exclusive monthly savings, free shipping, and VIP customer support, plus a great beam froth and mug. You can also pause or cancel anytime. White chocolate peppermint won't last long, so head to beamorganics.com slash mayo, or just go to beamorganics.com and type in code mayo at checkout for $20 off any purchase over $75. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. That's obvious. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or 
simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who said, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill. Saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill. Saved $840 a year on car insurance. It's pretty good. I need to be using Truebill a lot more often because I have so many unwanted subscriptions, just like I'm sure you do. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash mayo. Go right now. Truebill.com slash mayo. It could save you thousands a year. I will lead uh, off with the gold picks here. Uh, I gave this yes. one out on the spread show, and the line has actually worked towards me since the week has gone along for reasons unknown to me. I Maybe I'm just seeing this completely wrong and it looks like it's going to go from two and a half to three here any second at DraftKings Sportsbook it's currently two and a half plus 105 to bet the two and a half but the Cincinnati Bengals are a far superior team to the Denver Broncos they just are and I can't fathom why the Broncos are favored in this game the Bengals uh, when you look at you know whether it be football outsiders or pro football focus or just watching the games you can see that the Bengals are clearly the superior team here and the Bron- the Broncos have really been a gatekeeper type team the entire year beat who they're supposed to beat lose who they're supposed to lose to they're supposed to lose to the Bengals the Bengals are better so the Bengals plus two and a half are my gold star selection this week that's an interesting one. Uh, I had Cincinnati circled as potentially oh. playing them this week. However, I am fairly confident that they are going to be dealing with a mass COVID situation. Really? I don't say that lightly, but Chidobi Awuzie was put on the COVID list yesterday, who's one of their cornerbacks. And all the talk in Cincinnati right now is that they got a lot of guys who have the flu. And I've come down with some sort of bug. I don't know. Maybe it is just the flu. It is flu season at this point as well. It's very possible. But it seems to me like this is a line that is going where it's going because there is some speculation in terms of who's going to be on the field for Cincinnati. If we do get to Sunday and it's just Chidobi Awuze, and I know they put Riley Reef on IR this week, who's the right tackle, that's going to be a blow for them. But if it ends up being this Cincinnati roster, against this Denver roster, I am absolutely firing on the Bengals' money line because I don't see much separating these two teams. I think in order to get to Denver minus two and a half, you either have to make the Broncos better on a neutral field, which they are not, or you have to think that they have some sort of exploitable matchup against this Bengals team, which I don't necessarily see one for them either, especially if Hendrickson is playing, who's been a great pass rusher for the Bengals this year. So um, I, I mean, it, both teams being healthy, I'd make this game very close to a pick em. I can't, I agree with you, Pat. I think this is the right side for me. I just, um, I have not personally bet it because I feel like there's something coming down the pipeline in terms of Cincinnati COVID. All right. Well, I'll, I'll hold off. Oh, on- Pizzola. He's, he's a medium. Bengals no, no. L- l- I, I, I'm, re- I'm is, this is like, this is widely reported stuff in terms of there's guys with the flu. So, yeah. but wouldn't maybe well, if flu they, could if, be COVID? Yeah, but maybe. could the flu at this point could the flu be COVID? Wouldn't they just announce they have COVID like with everyone else? Yeah. 
They, really? they've, I, I presumably these guys have tested negative so far. Awuzie was the first one on the team yesterday that tested positive. I've, I've just seen from my experience with the last week in the NFL, it starts with one or two guys. It quickly balloons to everybody who's been with close proximity to them. We're dealing with a different virus now with like a doubling rate of two days. It spreads very quickly. I, that, that's my only hesitation, Pat. I don't disagree with your handicap at all. I'm just, my only hesitation is I personally cannot bet the Bengals until I get some clarity here because it seems like Denver is in the clear so far. All right. Well, I, I will pensively, I'm still going to make it my gold pick. I, I really like Cincinnati in this game and hopefully everything breaks into my favor here. Uh, but once again, I would have to see who is out for them versus how many players end up on the list. Uh, just because, I mean, the Bengals defense is no great shakes anyway, but that's not right. why I wasn't, that's not, I wasn't taking them in this game because of their defense. I think they're just going to pound uh, the Denver defense into submission just by going deep on them, which I know they can do in this game. But we do have breaking news on the COVID front and good news for your Eagles bet. Tyler Heineke is going to be out this week. It looks like for up. <laughs> Listen, Taylor Heineke, get well soon. I hope this doesn't affect you in any way. I'm not going to say, oh, it's just the flu, whatever. Seriously, these are athletes. These are players. They have families, whatever. I want Taylor Heineke to get well soon. It was part of the handicap I made when I saw Washington earlier in the week because Kyle Allen's already on the COVID list for them. I don't know actually who the third string quarterback is. They're, they're on their fourth stringer now. Yeah. Patrick's out for the year. They, they have no centers. Literally every single center that they have is on the COVID list. Defensive line, secondary, like... Washington is actually, they might, they're basically playing a week four preseason game this year, but the other team is showing up with all their starting players. That's what's happening with Washington and Philly. In the time that we have talked, the spread has moved from nine and a half to minus 10 now. (laughs) There it goes. Bye-bye. See you later. Yep. Yep. And get it while you like it. Yeah. Yeah, This might go, how far do you think this goes up? with (laughs) 11. But who is their quarterback? So it's tricky. This is also tricky because yesterday Adam Schefter puts out the tweet about um, how effective immediately if you know if you're asymptomatic, get a negative. Te- I don't. I don't even remember all the details, but there's like the possibility of some guys coming back for Sunday. But there's other beat reporters putting out completely different information. So I actually don't know who could possibly be available for them. But I'm looking at their roster now. I I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them. I don't know who the um, I don't know who the next guy in line is because. Um, to my knowledge, they didn't have another quarterback on. Like, are they going to run the Wildcat all game? Uh, who's going to be? Was a, a, sorry, isn't Adam Humphreys used to be a college quarterback or something like that? High school quarterback? Who knows? I have no idea. So the, yeah, this this is tough because whether it hurts plays or not, at least they have Minshew to go to in terms it, of it, a backup. I, and on on top of that, like whether it hurts plays or not, there's no D line for Washington. Like Philly could just hand the ball off the entire game and probably get whatever they want on the ground. Right? Minshew's effective. He played Minshew's very well. Fine. Yeah, Minshew's, Minshew's all right. Yeah. You give him tie, he'll slice you. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't get to play the he's, Jets every week. He's fine. Well, this I, is the Jets, basically. I, yeah. Imagine Washington, in this iteration of Washington, like as yeah. they take the field this week, is probably worse than the Jets. You'd make them, yes. like I'd make them an underdog for the Jets this week. Yep. That's, that's a tough scene for them. So Cincinnati plus two and a half is going to be my pick. I just bet the Eagles minus 10 as we were talking. Uh, Rob, gold pick. Um, okay. I actually didn't know who I was going to pick coming into this show because there's not very many games that I like this week. This one seems like a, a very square play. The world is opposite me, I believe, on this game. You talk about Cincinnati, Denver, and you can't get to that number. 
I cannot get to Indy being two and a half point favorite over New England. Do you know? I like the New you, England do you, do you know who you are on the same side on with the same line? If it's Cust, I listen. It's fine. <laughs> I, 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 Cust, while he is large, one of the world's largest mushes, it's gonna. He wins every now and then. Like his record on your show pick show this year, it doesn't have to start with a zero, Pat. It's a negative <laughs> record, but there's there's wins in there, so I'm I'm willing to accept that. Here's my thing. Again, it's the same thing I'll say with Cincy and Denver. To get to Colts minus two and a half, you have to believe that the Colts are better than the Patriots on a neutral field because home field in the NFL this year is worth one, one and a half tops. Or you have to say the Colts have some sort of exploitable matchup against the Patriots. And I really don't believe it. I actually think that the Patriots actually have several exploitable matchups against the Colts. Everyone's like, oh, the Patriots can't win unless they run the ball and the Colts have a great run defense. Neither of those is really true because the Patriots can win when they can't run the ball. And in fact, I think that they can throw the ball all over the Colts because I don't like the Indy secondary. The Indy defensive line does not get pressure. They're facing a very good pass-blocking offensive line. So I think that works in their favor. In terms of the Colts' run defense, yes, they are good in the traditional metrics. They give up a lot of explosive runs. They're bottom 10 in the league in terms of explosive runs allowed. The Patriots are top five. They break a lot of explosive runs as well. So I do think we'll see some big gainers there. On the other side of things, like Bill Belichick, what's this guy known for? Taking away the best weapon on the other team. I think they probably put the clamps down on Jonathan Taylor. They say, Carson Wentz, you're going to have to beat our secondary over the top. It's possible that he can do that. Listen, I think Wentz is a lot better than I gave him credit for early on in the year. But that's just the way the Patriots do things. They, They kind of take away the opposing team's strength make someone that's not really going to beat them, beat them. And I'll pay for Carson Wentz to beat me. I, I, I think this game should be a pick of maybe even New England small favorites. Uh, so I'll take the Patriots plus two and a half gold this week. So we're going with less than field goal spreads here, Cam, as the gold picks. And knowing you, Lions, Jets, where are you going? I really like the Jets. Can you talk me out of it? It wouldn't be my gold pick. I, like, that's I, a lot I, of points. I, I would actually take the Jets plus nine and a half. Here's the but... thing. Okay, you know what? Guaranteed win day on the show, Pizzola. I am sorry. That's fine. I love the Indianapolis Colts, okay? We're going to do this. So somebody, you can go with Rob, go with me. Who cares? I was drunk last week, whatever. I was in orbit. So we had problems. This week, I hope I'm a little bit sharper. We don't know. You, you never know what you're going to get. I think Carson Wentz will be fine. They're going to stack the box against Jonathan Taylor, and he will exploit the Patriots secondary, though it being good, I think the Colts defense steps up in this game, a very, very huge game for this team. And I think they win this game by 10 points. Mac Jones, hey, he's a system quarterback we've seen so far. Bill Belichick is a genius in his staff. They will put him in good situations, but it won't be enough. The Indianapolis Colts, Pozzola, I actually think they're better than people think. I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're a bad football team. And I think they're at home against New England. New England's been on a heater and a tootsie roll. This is where the party ends. Indianapolis takes care of business this week. They win this game between 7 and 13 points. Give me the horseshoe. I'm going to need it, Indianapolis. So my, my, uh, I, I listen, fully respect your pick. We've gone head to head several times this year. You've actually, I don't like doing it, but I like giving guarantees. No, no, no. It's, it doesn't matter. For, People disagree on games that that's just the nature of the NFL. For me, I would, I would have loved to, to bet against the Patriots. I was fully expecting to see something like the Patriots minus, minus three. one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and, and then like, and I'm going to bet the Colts yeah. as an underdog. I, I feel like so many people have talked themselves into the Patriots being frauds because they've had this run of, of, of luck. I don't want to say luck, but you know, they, they caught Atlanta without their, their skill position players on offense. Tennessee had a bunch of injuries. They played the wind game. 
against Buffalo, like things have worked in their favor. So a lot of people are like, we have to sell on New England. And I, I kind of agree with that. I don't think New England is as great as people give them credit for. But now we're getting a line where, like, like I said, I, it's, it's, to me, it's just the number of the game that's going to dictate which side I like. Uh, I'm not particularly high on New England. I agree that Indy might be better than a lot of people think and could potentially cause some problems in the playoffs. But we're now valuing the Colts as better than the Patriots. I, that's where I draw the line. And I'm, I'm saying I like the Patriots. I, I personally think sometimes books hang those lines to get Patriot action. I think, uh, you know what I mean, Rob? They, they do both things sometimes. Sometimes it's too good to be true. You're right. It's probably not a great number. I just think Indianapolis is the spot this week. That's it. it. And I think they I think they win by like 10 points. It's funny because I, I've been saying for weeks this is a great spot for New England because I think these teams are pretty even in the way – in what they do well and what they do poorly, I think they match up quite well. They're very similar teams in that regard. And I, too – when I had made these opening lines on Sunday, I had the Patriots favored by two in this game just because I couldn't fathom them making the Patriots underdogs in this spot. I tried to figure out why, and I've been trying to talk it through. And really what I've settled on is, one, I think they know that people want to bet against the Patriots. So they might as well just make the Indy line as terrible as possible because they know that they're going to get Indy action. And then there's just a huge group of people who just hate the Patriots, who want to bet. I, I'm pretty sure all the most of the Patriots' action against them every week is just people who hate the Patriots. I, I think that's true. And I also, if, if we look at the closing lines from recent weeks, if we go back like five, six weeks, even longer than that, there's two teams that is, are pretty consistently take money on a weekly basis, whether that's from one sharp group uh, syndicate or multiple, I don't know, but the Eagles always take money and the Colts always take money. So I think this is finally a time where maybe the sports books just open the line where it is saying like, we're not going to give people an opportunity to come in heavy on the Colts to start. Let's just open it where we think it should be. Um, I, I think that's a possibility, but those two teams regularly take money have been very hot. Like sharps have been very high on those teams this year. So I could potentially see that as being a reason why the number open where it did. Do you think it's weird that there's still a Packers, there's been a Packers-Ravens number on the board all week, despite the fact that we don't know if Lamar is playing or not? Are they just telling so, us that they know Lamar is playing? On the board at DraftKings, who is the show sponsor and some other books as well, but most of the sharper books or the ones that take extremely large bets have not listed the game this week until this morning where we got one uh, big half. offshore that listed a six for Green Bay. And it's my, it's minus yeah. five and a half for Green Bay in Baltimore. I just found that really oh. confusing that this line has just existed all week. <laughs> uh, yeah, like lower limits, fine. I, and I agree with you because there's uncertainty at quarterback. Um, more, than, more than uncertainty at quarterback for Baltimore. Uncertainty everywhere. Their entire offensive line did not practice yesterday. Um, it, it's, a, it's a mess for them. Like it, it's one of those games where, you know, it's the NFL. I've seen it all happen. The Ravens have a good coaching staff. Maybe Green Bay overlooks them in some capacity. Maybe Aaron Rodgers' toe injury is actually as bad as he seems to say it is, even though whenever he plays, he looks just completely normal. Exactly. Like, can we talk about for that? Like Aaron Rodgers. He's a shapeshifter. He, he's, he's, he's a milk. great liar. Uh, 99% I should get into politics. Oh, my toe, my toe. You're fine. Shut up. Like, if you believe this stuff and you affect it, and you're going to fade this guy because of that. You're a stooge because he is fine. 
he is playing everybody. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. He plays people. He he takes a hit in the first quarter and hobbles around for the entire. Yeah, game. that's that's just what you said, Epizol. Remember against the Bears? Oh my leg, my toe, everything hurts. And then, I, hey man, I'm back. Guys like Jack Lalane pulling boats across the channel. Like, here's the thing, Aaron Rodgers. It's all an act, people. That's what he does. Oh, have sympathy for me, ref. These guys are great at it. Brady's great at it too. All the best. They play the old woe is me hurt card and they get calls in the game, even when it's not late hits and stuff like that. It's just a genius move. Well, I just love how like Rodgers will make a throw and then he'll hobble around. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, then, and then the next play, he runs it in for a touchdown <laughs> and he does the belt and it, like, yeah, like yeah. nothing is even going on. Exactly. Like, he, I mean, he's, 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 uh, he's very cunning that Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Let's put it that way. That's yep. Sharp cunning. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other the other game where I see like a massive discrepancy in spreads right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, the Jags are three and a half point favorites. I love that game. Pat, it, can I start on silver? But you can start can on, I, but I'm just going to say like at DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook, it's minus three and a half. At other places, it's minus five. That I rare, will, rarely do you see a point and a half difference between places. I will say this is a weird one because the Jags, they are minus three and a half minus 125 at DraftKings. Yes. So if you do like the smaller number, that's fine, but it's basically the equivalent of five. Like if you were to do if you were to buy points or on, on the Texans or whatever, and move it to five, you'd get the same number. So uh, it's weird that they're hanging that number. I, I mean, they almost DraftKings, especially almost never moves off minus minus one ten or minus one fifteen on the game. So I'm surprised at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you do, if you're not comfortable laying five with Jacksonville and you want to pay a little bit of extra VIG, then they definitely have the best price on uh, on the board in terms of the three and a half. Well, here's the thing, Cam. I feel like I know where you're going with this, and it's going to be Texans. Opposite. No, no, no. Opposite. Everyone. No, I'm go- no, no. The, I'm te- the world was on Houston on Monday. Saban gets fired. The world is on Jacksonville now. Uh, or Meyer, Meyer. But or you, Meyer, same, yeah, same, same asshole coach, but just different name. Here's yes. the thing, though. Meyer's a dick, right? The guy's <laughs> kicking players. He's doing this and that. The rookie of the team's calling out the rest of the team. The one thing that I saw that I liked, they didn't score any points against Tennessee, but they held them to 20. The defense can do things. Did you see the second half of that game? I was on Houston against my own Seahawks last week. That yeah. was deplorable. Mm-hmm. If Jacksonville's going to have one game, one game to tell everybody, give you a big F you, Meyer, you piece of crap. You're going to go back way. And you're going to be wanted on the Fox broadcast. It's okay. They got Charles Woodson. They got everybody else. They don't need you. This guy was a horrible coach. The players are thrilled that he's gone. You know what, Pozzola? I know the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars should be Chris Jericho, right? They got the wrestling. He can go in there. We'll make Sting offensive coordinator. Yeah, we'll just we'll party. Anyway, here's the deal. I love the Jaguars this week, Pat. I actually think they show up and cover the number. I'm going opposite to my stuff. I think the Jaguars murder these guys this week. I actually think they win the game by like 17 points. Maybe I'm crazy. I I, I, I feel like that is now. Because I took Jacksonville earlier in the week uh, when I believe it was minus three or minus four. Like when we did the spreadsheet, I didn't bet on it, but we had to make the picks for each of the games. And Feinberg and I were talking it through just more or less being like, I think that just when this game opened, it felt like the world was going to be on Houston before anything happened. It was just like Houston, Houston beat them earlier in the year. And realistically, like there's not. There is a lot that separates these two teams theoretically. In terms of execution, there is not much that separate these teams. I mean, you could look at the quarterback play. You could argue that Mills has been better than Trevor Lawrence so far this year. Do we think that Mills is better than Lawrence? No, we don't. But how much is really 
four days worth of new coaching going to make? I guess we're going to see. I really kind of boiled it back down to, like when I'm just kind of taking an overview on this, is that the one thing that both these teams do okay is pass rush. But the Texans actually do it really well. But they can cause some problems in this backfield for Trevor Lawrence. So I can just see this being a really low-scoring field goal type game. This is one of those games where it's never Texans for me. I'm not betting the Texans. I refuse to. I've just seen too much of Davis Mills. I know what he is. What, like This is absolutely hysterical that Urban Meyer gets fired and immediately the Jaguars get steamed. Like Think about that for a second. Their head coach gets fired and all of a sudden a ton of money comes in on Jacksonville almost immediately upon the fire. I liked it fire. before he got fired though, Pazola. I thought it was a good spot for them. I, I, I'm not... I'm not um, yeah, I'm not accusing you of, of like that falling into that narrative or anything like that. I mean, Trevor Lawrence did come out yesterday and say like the locker room feels really happy. There's some yeah. sort of so they obviously hated this guy. Do I feel like all of a sudden that's going to make them a better team and they're going to figure out their offense? I don't. That's the, the challenge for me in laying the points with Jacksonville is that the offense is terrible. And I just don't know that they can all of a sudden get it together in three or four days and fix all the Urban Meyer problems. And on top of that, like Urban Meyer, <laughs> the quotes are hilarious this week, but the one where he told his coaches that they're worse than all the assistants he had at Bowling Green. <laughs> what, may, I, I'm not an Urban Meyer fan. I think he's a complete tool. But like maybe he did have a shit coaching staff and maybe all these shitty coaches are taking over for him at this point. Like, I think that's a possibility as well that needs to be considered. Um, this is a long way of me, like this is a way of me filling a minute to two minutes here. Yeah, saying you're you not have, betting the game. I have no opinion on the yes, game, but I, exactly. it's never Texans. Let me just say it's never <laughs> yeah. Texans for me. There we go. I'm going a little bit different this week. Anyway, I like the Jags a lot. Jags, Jags minus three and a half at DraftKings Sportsbook for yeah, Cam Great Stewart. line. Rob, your silver pick. Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying, and I feel it's important to say this, that I have not bet on my silver or bronze pick this week. I do want people to know that it's not an excuse for the record or anything like that. But for anyone who's tailing this stuff, it's just a really shitty week in terms of um, all the stuff that I really liked has, has moved like five or six points. So I'm just going to say that. Silver pick is like very unlike what I typically do. I'm laying 11 points with the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Sounds absurd. People are very scared away of road favorites in the NFL. I don't know why. These are the teams that actually cover at the biggest clips towards the latter half of the year. There's yep. too much stock put on New York's home field advantage when none of these fans really care anymore. <laughs> exactly. People don't show up for games. My biggest concern is the health of Dak Prescott because he seems to still have some sort of calf injury where he sails some balls. But I don't know how the Giants score in this game. They are going to be starting Mike Lennon again, who is absolutely terrible. They have no offensive line going up. I don't know if people watch the Cowboys pass rush against Washington last week, but when these guys are on the field together, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, they amazing. It's amazing. Like they are going to go wild on Mike Glennon. I don't think the giants are just going to all of a sudden find their running game either. So maybe Dallas doesn't score like 40, like they were doing early on in the year. And maybe it's, you know, high twenties, similar to last week but they'll still move the ball on this defense. Dory Jackson is out, which is a blow for the Giants at cornerback. Um, I feel like people are just going to be scared away from Dallas because maybe, you know, they, they had a heart attack last week watching them almost blow the game, but they were in control against Washington for three quarters. They will control the Giants. So I'm going to do a very un-Rob Pizzola-like thing 
and lay 11 points with the Dallas Cowboys on the road. I don't know what's going to happen to us, Pozzola. Like, we're like, we go from like me and you are total dogs, and all of a sudden we're like drinking the juice, man. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I just feel different this week. That's all. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough week because at least like two thirds of these games, these teams have a COVID situation. Yeah. And the lines have moved a lot. Like, it's not like we're a lot of times we prepare for this Friday show and the lines have been the same since Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. You barely get any movement. Um, and now we have like, like, I don't want to tell people to go out and bet a, a team that I bet six points better. Like, I mean, maybe there's still value in the Eagles. There probably is. But like, would I make the bet at the, on the Eagles today? If, if I, I just did, I probably would. Yeah, I probably would. I probably like, I'll be honest. I probably, would. I might use them as my bronze. We'll and, see and, and, and since I just <laughs> bet them, I'm going to make them my silver pick. Perfect. Uh, Philadelphia minus 10 at the moment. I really think this is going to get to like 13 and a half, 14 by the time all is revealed. And we figure out who is playing quarterback for Washington. And like I said, I, I don't think it really matters. Uh, who's going to play quarterback for the Eagles in this particular game. They're just going to run, run, run. It looks like they're going to have Miles Sanders back. Jordan Howard might even be back in this game. So mm-hmm. Eagles minus 10 is going to be the number for me. And it, it's funny because I, when it comes to my bronze picks, I had Dallas on the short list. I really like Dallas this week. I also like the Bills to cover the 11 at home against Carolina. I think it's a great spot for them uh, to beat up on a team that has essentially packed in their entire season because uh, the Panthers are terrible right now. Yep. And it, and yep. I feel like if this game happened two weeks ago, we would have been getting Bills minus 14. Uh, just the percept- the public perception on the Bills is that they are worse than I think that the numbers tell us they actually are. They've lost so many coin flip games now. Uh, just uh, yeah, bad it, luck too. Bad yeah, refereeing, I mean. guys slipping. What, what, it's listen, just it's just been that, bad. That all goes down to the coin flip. They bet heads every yep. single time and has come up tails every single yep. time in all of these close games. And I don't. And besides the Jacksonville game, they have been blowing out bad teams all year. Uh, I worry that Josh Allen is not a hundred percent, but even eighty percent. Josh Allen makes him yep. five thousand percent better than Cam Newton at this point. And just the entire yep. the entire deal yep. offensive line is non-existent for Carolina. The Bills still have a good four-man pass rush. I just see Carolina struggling to score points in this you know what game. I wish, Pat? Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. We get the line at seven yes. and a half or Agreed. eight and smash the Bills. That's the best. Like, if, that, if Mitch Trubisky was playing and the Bills line went down, smash. Agreed. Because that guy would absolutely murder these guys. Well, That's what I was hoping for as well. Like, <laughs> nice Pozzola. I agree. The, well, I, the, the Josh, like Josh Allen looked good in practice yesterday. I did watch the, the clips from his practice. Who are the you, Jeff Feinberg? Not a thing in, yeah, I do. Yeah, Listen, I mean, a- <laughs> Pat, like, I, hey, Justin I, Herbert's on the toilet. Knock, knock, no, knock. Well, I'm, I'm not that far. I'm not. I'm not uh, going into creeper Feinberg mode. But uh, yes, no, yes. I, I'm, I'm betting a lot of money on these games. Like, I have to do my due diligence, right? Yeah. And, um, I'm just concerned that the Bills will not want Allen to run, and they'll turn him into like a pocket passer guy this so week, what? which I think yeah. is a. I think it's a bad idea. In this the game, Panthers, the Panthers have a very, very good pass rush. And frankly, Allen has not been good under pressure this year. And when he's blitzed, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire league. So if the Panthers can generate, like, I'm not, again, uh, let me make it very clear here. You, Panthers will not see my money this week. Could not bet on the Panthers with the current quarterback situation. And on top of the fact, all Carolina seems to want to do now is run the ball <laughs> as well, which is like, don't even get me started. I feel like the under 44 and a half has some value here. I really do. I think you're going to get some, conservative game planning from the bills let's get a win keep Allen healthy i don't think they're going to have him running i could be completely wrong about this but we've seen this time and time again at the in the nfl with quarterback injuries midweek conservative game plan 
I don't think the Panthers are going to score much on this defense. Like the Bills, when they play a deep, uh, an offense like this that just can't move the ball through the air, they are going to, to feast, even without Tredavious White. So um, the concern for me with Buffalo is the Josh Allen thing. I think because of that concern, I, I really like the under in this game. Well, I, I have yet to play a teaser all year long, but I was staring at Bills, Cowboys, Eagles, six-point teaser. Each of them would have to cover four or four and a half. I'm I'm going to convince you not to do so. Okay. And it'll be a it'll be a math argument. Here. Yeah. Not that I don't think that that teaser wins because I do, but if you're going to play a six point teaser, the only way to make that a positive expected value bet in the long run is to tease through both seven and three. So when you're playing a six point teaser, you want to take favorites that are in like the seven and a half to eight and a half range, tease them down. And or take underdogs that are in like one and a half, plus one and a half, you know what, two and, half and tease them I, up. I'm going to say this. You know what, Pat? You do whatever the hell you want to do, and I'm going to. But I'm not going to argue with you, Rob. But let's remember this: there have been no more missed extra points and field goals in the NFL this year that takes things off key numbers, two yeah, point but, conversions. But this, that hasn't that, changed the, the key. It hasn't changed the key numbers. Three and seven are still by far the most. What would a money line parlay p- play in, 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 with those three teams instead of a teaser? Then that's the math you need to do. Yeah. Guys, I'm, I'll be completely upfront. I, I consulted for a prominent offshore sports book for many years where I had access to all of their financials, teasers, Keep the lights on. I know that's what the guy used to tell me, Bazola. And there's a reason why. It's because they they look so lucrative, but they're mathematically not conducive for you to play them unless you are doing that. I'm telling you, I'm not saying everyone play what you want to play. If you're gambling for fun, recreationally, whatever. In the long run, I'm a big believer in I have to have a mathematical edge in order to place this bet. I don't think your teaser has a mathematical edge, Pat. Although I do think that it wins, if that makes sense to you. I know that I would completely, whatever the hell you want. No, man. no, I, I, I completely agree with you when, when I, about teasing through key numbers, that's why I just don't do any teasers to begin with anyway. Like, yes. It's just not really a part of what well, I can bad. tell you one thing, the way these damn games in overtime, when I got the chargers plus four and Buffalo plus three and a half, I wish I had them in a teaser. Don't have to worry about that stupid overtime touchdown at the end. Teasers are okay. You just got to be careful with them. That's all. I can't do them all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see with this one. Rob may have talked yeah, me off the ledge here. Cam, you know, Pizzola, see, Pizzola is like the good angel. I'm the devil. Like I, but then again, I'm different than most people. Like most people have a systematic approach to gambling. Some games I go harder or whatever. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I'm opposite to way, the way I play blackjack. I, you know, sometimes I go on vibes, gut feels this, that, the other, I look at the numbers and stuff like that. Weird, weird line movements. I, you know, a lot of those things, uh, a, a lot of the emotion should be taken out of betting, I guess, but I'm just not that guy. I bet too many games too, and I'm not going to lie. But then again, I host a gambling show every night and we have to have opinions on every game. My opinion every is game. If, you, if you like the side enough to put it in a teaser, just then bet just the set the side. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, you, if you really want to extract value out of teasers, Look up Wong teasers for anyone out there. W O N G. Trying they to, barely exist any. Trying yeah, to trying to tease through two key numbers at a time. And the lower the total, the better in the game. Because yes. you know if you're teasing through a, a game that has a total of forty, there's way less variance on that game than a game with a total of fifty-four, where you're more likely to see some sort of blowout. Well, so well, that's just, wouldn't this make this a really good week to tease a bunch of dogs up with all of, like there's no total above like forty-five this week. I'm not a big teaser player, but absolutely teams like 
Cincinnati, two and a half up to eight and a half. Yes. New England, two and a half up to eight and a half. Uh, depending on where these Miami and San Fran numbers go, like if they're eight and a half by game time, you could tease those teams down to two and a half. So it is a decent option. I, I'm not a teaser player myself. I, I, I just like, it's, it's not something that I typically do unless I'm just like in full degen mode and, and want to just have some fun with something. And that's okay. Like that's perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, basic strategy stuff out there that you can do to maximize your value when you're betting those teasers. But for the most part, just, just play the sides. Like honestly, sport sports books are making their money off of parlays and teasers. As soon as you can recognize that, just bet your bets straight up, man. Like you, you, you're much better off in the long run. Cam Stewart, go yes. or sorry, bronze pick of the week. Can I, I, I always, I'm having problems narrowing this one. Let's down. crowdsource crowdsource. Yeah. I like to, I like to do this here. Here are my, here's what I've narrowed it down to bears plus six jets plus nine and a half saints plus 11 Steelers plus one. Okay. Pat, okay. you're on the clock or Rob's on the clock? I, on the clock? I, I like the Vikings. I don't know if the Vikings are going to get my money after seeing the Bears COVID list from yesterday. Justin yeah. Fields might have to throw to himself like Nelson Muntz. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. or Mr. Perfect. That <laughs> oh, could yeah. be an issue. Muntz <laughs> <laughs> to, to Mr. Perfect. It, listen, Fantastic. if anyone can do it, it might be yeah. Justin Fields. He's pretty quick. So, you know, I wouldn't throw that out there but just, I, the problem i have with the yeah. vikings in this number is that they don't ever cover this number so yeah it's one except of re- last week did they would they except have covered last they covered against the steelers because yes, the they steelers did. didn't score the touchdown it was that an eight correct win. i was on the vikings last yeah, they, they went by, they won by six last week right eight eight they went 36 by eight? 28 yeah and the line was three yeah, yeah so it was the first time they would have covered a number like more than four all year long in any one of their wins so that's at least a positive uh, in their way. I like Tennessee against Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh stinks. Okay. So that's my options are the, the Saints always play the Buccaneers tough. I'm they with you. always do for some their, reason. Their defense seems to, to know, they know how, how to, to get to Brady. They do. So I mentioned this last week on the, somebody in the comments on YouTube actually pointed it out. This guy can't help himself betting against Brady, keeps losing money. I even like, I'm done. I'm done with betting against Brady. I really am done. I think the best play on your list, Cam, is the New Orleans Saints plus eleven. I cannot. I'm. I'm just. I can't do it with that team with Tom Brady. What about anymore. the Jets though? Like the one thing about I, Miami is they don't score a lot of points. Yeah, Miami. Like, the Jets can linger in that game. My, Miami. Right? My like the Jets are really really bad. So that's, they are. That's a problem. But Miami is also not really good. Exactly. So that's a problem. I just feel like Tua is now at a place, and maybe without Jay, like. It's funny because Jarvis Landry is going to be likely to be out for the Browns. I really don't think that makes that big of a difference to their offense. I think Waddle being out for Miami does make a big deal to their offense because that is how they yeah. move the chains and move the ball down the field is basically through Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki. Yes, Devontae Parker's back. No idea who's going to be in their backfield. Just seems like a lot of points. Like this feels like it could be a 17 to 10 game. I agree. If it is, the Jets cover. The give me Dolph- the Saints. Give me the Saints, and then uh, I guess my uh, tungsten pick or you know titanium would be the Jets. But we get three. The right. Dolphins the are uh, are not a team that's built to cover these big numbers. Exactly. But but there is a but. Okay. They blitz a shit at the second highest rate in the league. Yeah, They're you're saying heavy- Wilson might come back in a body bag. Wilson might not. Wilson might have like four or five turnovers. Mr. Wilson. Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys so know I look bad. at EPA per play a lot. Jeez. Zach Wilson's been blitzed 64 <laughs> times this year. He has a negative 
EPA per dropback. Now, a lot of people won't understand that context, so I will give you the context. The, the worst three quarterbacks of the past decade, past two decades in terms of EPA per play are Andrew Walter, Josh Rosen, Ryan Lindley. Those three quarterbacks have an EPA per play <laughs> of negative 0.3. So he is worse against the blitz than those guys were over the duration of their careers. If you remember yeah. them play, I, I do, do remember Andrew Walter. He was supposed to be a stud coming out of uh, Arizona state, big, tall kid. It's just, it didn't work out for him. Lindley sucks. And, uh, yeah, Rosen. Yeah, he's got uh, no confidence. Rosen's yeah. done. Yeah. So that's my that's my hesitancy with the Jets. I do feel like it's a lot of points, but they do not have a great matchup offensively. I will. I'll take the Saints then, and uh, I'll blame you guys if, if the yeah, Jets well, cover. I, you, you can't <laughs> take the, the you can't take the Bears because no, th- I, this line could end up being ten by game. You're time right. To get more. COVID. I'll take the Saints plus eleven. It's also line movement. People actually, it's funny. The more people are on Tampa Bay, Pozzola. But the line went down. I like that kind of line movement. I think the Saints can keep this game close, lose a heartbreaker. Give me the Saints. It's funny because in in real time, as we were talking, the well, it stayed uh, minus six on DraftKings Sportsbook on the uh, the other prominent site that I use because DraftKings Sportsbook is not available in my region. Although anyone whose region it is available in should be using DraftKings Sportsbook, and I look forward to DraftKings Sportsbook coming to where I live, which should happen pretty soon, hopefully, depending on how the stupid government makes bad decisions up here so <laughs> I, I don't really want to hold out too much hope but it's, it's dropped to five and a half at another place which really surprised me which game uh vikings the bears, bears. Yeah. okay so let's talk the bears entire coaching staff with the exception of matt Nagy, has covid <laughs> so it's matt Nagy on his own on the sidelines calling plays i cannot think of a least like that, that's the least appetizing scenario i think i've ever heard in my entire life i bet the bears last week I felt like I got unlucky because of the second half that the Packers have. I will say I was completely lucky to be in that game because the Bears special teams did all the work for them. Their offense really didn't have to do anything. That team is terrible. They are a terrible, terrible. And that's not to say that terrible teams can't cover spreads. That's not what I'm getting at. Yeah, we almost it's just said that I have better things to do than, than, than like pray that the Bears somehow bring their A plus game and and end up losing by a few. You know what, Rob? I don't have better things to do, but I'm gonna. <laughs> but I'm still gonna take, <laughs> take the Saints. Thanks. <laughs> I, the, the, the only thing I'll say with the Bears is I just do. I feel like you should just wait till last minute, regardless, yeah. because now you have a half a team with COVID. It can only really get worse. So yeah. God, and by the way, like the Vikings that. are not gonna have COVID situation because. Uh, Kirk Cousins goes in plexiglass, like he covers himself in plexiglass in the meetings, right? Very preventative. So bronze pick from you, Mr. Pizzola. Oh, boy. Um, wow. Better come um, up with something, Rob. Yeah, I, w- I will. You know what? Just uh, you can call me Sammy Square this week. Oh, I am going to take that five and a half with the Green Bay Packers against yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. Like nice. it's, it's just, it's super obvious. I, I, five and a half on the road. I mean, again, I think people are scared of road favorites uh, in general. They tend to cover at the end of the years. has been very profitable over the last several seasons or dating back a decade now. Uh, but Baltimore, man, it's just it's a team in shambles. Like yep. they have nobody playing. Like everyone is on. Just looking at their injury report right now, I mentioned that no off no offensive lineman practiced yesterday. You don't know who's going to play at quarterback. Like this is a real problem. The right tackle, Patrick McCarry, might not play this week. Uh, Clayus Campbell, we don't know if he's playing this week. They have the cluster injuries in the secondary. Just a, a, a disaster of a team right now. 
Uh, I'll lay the five and a half with Green Bay. I do think the Packers are eventually going to come back down to earth. Like I don't, I'm not a, a big believer in them going forwards, but um, it's, it's short price in my opinion versus what they're going to be facing. I think this is only going to go up by the time that game time comes around too. You're going to see it creep to six, six and a half. And if it gets to seven, like all bets are off at that point, aren't they? Like it gets to seven, I would probably not play it anymore. No, no, but it, it, it might, if, it, if it could somehow cross into seven, I feel like it could keep going. Maybe. I, 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 have, I have no good read on these teams. I really don't have a good read on either of them in terms of how the market perceives them. But Baltimore, like I, the Browns didn't score in the second half last week. They were blowing the Ravens out of that game and then just couldn't put their, you know, their foot on the next, basically. I don't think that's an issue for Green Bay, usually. That's Green Bay just scores and they score more and they keep scoring and they put you out of the game. And um, I, I think they can build up a margin here. Will it go past seven and a half and keep climbing? I guess it, that's to the extent of, of the Ravens injury report at the end of the week uh, or at the end of the day today, since it's Friday and we'll know. But um, I don't see a lot of Ravens money coming in unless it's last second. Wow, I forgot that was one of the games that Cam lost last week was Baltimore's comeback cover against the Browns. Oh my God. <laughs> I believe that. Despicable. Like, this is the last games I bet actually hard on Pat. Like, it's, and this is the thing, you know. Sometimes you get breaks. Chargers losing overtime. That should have been a win. Bills over Tampa Bay, and, and the Ravens with a huge league. Huntley comes in and gets the cover. That's why sometimes, like, I'm thinking, you know, you don't want to play money lines, but the NFL is so damn weird. Like, I just uh, no, I'm very frustrated. Those are those were good bets, but whatever. By the way, um, how many pe- how many people watched that second half last week, Ravens and Cleveland, and have now talked themselves into Huntley being like a great quarterback? A lot of I, I, I hear Tim that about all like custard. I've I've heard I've heard the <laughs> Huntley might be an upgrade over Lamar Jackson commentary oh, this come week, on. Oh, which that, is like like no that now that's ludicrous. Yeah, that's, I like yeah. I, I understand Lamar's struggle this year. I get it, but we're talking about a guy who comes in mid game. You remember, like you have to remember the opposing team game plans for Lamar Jackson the entire week. They get a very different quarterback. It's hard to adjust on the fly. Anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. It seems like there's this um, belief, like belief in market that Huntley is just like, oh, there's not really a downgrade there. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, obviously there is a downgrade from Lamar Jackson. So it's me and my bronze pick. I really want to take Tennessee, but I know I'm going to get a better number by Sunday. Everyone has bet and will continue to bet the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I'm seeing it at minus one plus 100 on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's about the tell that this game is going to pick them. Probably going to end up at Pittsburgh minus two would be my guess, Rob. Um, I don't know. I think Tennessee, if Pittsburgh does get into the favorite range, Tennessee is going to draw some interest. I think it's great pick them. Yeah. Oh, it was, um, it was, I, it was, it is a pick. I'm sorry. It is a pick. Yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. I mean, this, this to me is a tough game because I'm not really high on either of these teams. Tennessee's offense has gone to shit, plain and simple. I mean, five weeks now without Derrick Henry, a few weeks now without AJ Brown. I know they got Julio Jones back last week, but if you look at their yards per play in those five games, since those guys have been out, um, it's been pretty bad. And I know that the Steelers can't defend the run, but I feel like, they are just going to stack the box and say, Ryan Tannehill, you have to beat us this week. And that passing game has been really, really bad. And I don't know that he can. And there's something about the Steelers home field advantage as well, where we find I, ways. I, I, I give them a larger home field advantage some other than some other teams in the league, because this has historically been a spot for them under Tomlin, where um, they have fared very well off of a loss, returning home, playing at home, tough game for me. I think pick is the right number. I really do. I think this game should be a pick em. 
um, this week. I can see arguments for both sides, but uh, the offenses for both these teams just really like make me want to poke my And I'd be worried because Tennessee, Jacksonville put them in great positions the whole day and they got 20 points. Like, there's a real problem with Tennessee's offense right now. They're stalling. Like it's, it's a little bit dangerous. That's all. Yeah, it's also one of those situations last week where they're just up yeah. and what do they really yeah. need? What do they Good really call. need to do? Like it's Good almost point. it's almost the same trap that that Cleveland fell into against Baltimore. They were like, yeah. "Well, Baltimore's yeah. not coming back." Let's and Dallas almost fell into the ultimate Yeah, but trap da- Dallas Dallas like did that to themselves though. Yeah, they did. They we did. we've had three three of the Tennessee games in the last 5 weeks. They've had four and a half yards per play or less. One one against Jacksonville last week, a few weeks back against New Orleans. And then the first game without uh, Derrick Henry, which was against the Rams. They end up winning that game, 28 to 16 on the road. But the offense has been, the, actually their best offensive output was against New, in- New England, ironically. Um, and that still wasn't a great offensive game you, from them. What do you guys think about Frank Falcon getting nine and a half? No, I like the Niners. Yeah, tough game. Tough game. Atlanta, Lots of tough- Atlanta stinks. Yeah, they do, but this is a type of game the Niners don't cover. Anyway, yeah, you're it, right. The, Cam is whole, right about that. Though. This whole this is the Pat. I know the Niners tends like uh, tendencies. This is a total Niners game where they'll win and not cover. That's all I'm saying. It's like I know it's hard to bet on Atlanta, but I could see the Niners winning this game by like seven and not covering. No, what no. do we think about over 46 in that game? Like, Actually, that I like I like the total. Like yeah, a low number. No, I agree with that. What about the Baltimore Green Bay? 43 and a half. Green Bay might get like 40 themselves. For, for perspective, 46 is a league average. The like league average scoring this game has been 46 points. So you're telling me the Falcons and 49ers should be a league average total? Like the Falcons' defense stinks. They get no pass rush. They have A.J. Terrell, who's a pro bowler, fantastic player, but they lose their safety, Eric Harris, for the season. Fabian Moreau, their other corner, might not play. The 49ers have all these injuries in the secondary. Like, I, I don't think that should be a league average total. I don't know what you guys think about that. I would have made like, that total like 51. Yeah, but I can see Atlanta scoring three points is the problem. <laughs> like They have had some of those games. <laughs> they're just trash. Atlanta's played four games. There's only four games this year against teams with a winning record. Yeah. Two of them were Tampa. They lost by 23 and 13. One was Dallas. They lost by 40. And I'm trying to remember who the other team was. But Patriots. they did score points against Tampa Bay. They have been able to put up points against those guys. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what was the other team that they did play with the winning record? Have we all made our picks, Pat? Have you picked the bronze pick No, I, I have not made my bronze pick yet. Uh, they the lost hell? The Falcons lost to the Patriots 25-0. Yeah, yes. one, yeah, yeah. What a, that game was a disaster. Four that one, that miss. Oh, oh, I remember. And they, they had no one on offense. Like Cordero yeah. Patterson was uh, – It was a that was a messy game. For they, they, all, they, they also lost to the Eagles 32-6. to not a winning record team, but yes, that's a good point. I the Falcons are a, like they're not they're six and seven, I believe. There's bad. they're not a six. They're a bad, bad six and seven. It's team. like the Ravens aren't what their record is, and the Falcons should yeah, not you, have. You, six you know wins. what? I despite the fact that the Ravens aren't as good as their record, I still feel like the Ravens could win a playoff game if the Falcons somehow get the seven seed. I don't care oh, what their spread bad. is. I'm just betting against yeah. them. Yeah, they'll yeah. lose by twenty-four in the first yeah. round minimum. I, the, the, to, to Cam's point, though, last thing I'll say about this game is another game that I'm not betting. I don't know if this is just noise or if there's some signal here, but I think it's now twenty-one games that Kyle Shanahan has coached at home for the 49ers, and I believe they've covered three. Yeah, Pat, and they have no home field advantage playing in Santa Clara. It's a nightmare for fans to get out there. It's tough. 
I don't know what it is about that, but they seem to be fa- heavy favorites in these roles and they just, they don't seem to cover them for no, whatever reason. I don't know. Although I, I, I like the, I think the 49ers are like a surprise, sleepy, serious. Contender. Buddy, I got them at 60 to one to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, we, 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 didn't we give we that out like on the two, show? Yeah, on two weeks ago, <laughs> we gave that out. Oh yeah, I got, I, I made three bets. Colts, Minnesota, and San Francisco is my dark horse team. So I, 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 put I am just waiting for the books to finally give up on Tennessee so I can bet them to win the Super Bowl. That, you know what? It's not a bad play. No, but the, the, but, but the books know it and they're not giving you a good number. <laughs> That's the thing. They're not stupid either. They're not hanging, or, or like the market's not dumb. They're going to, very likely get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. They'll have their full healthy offense again. Yeah. Uh, to, to, and the AFC, like we, we've talked, we talked about the AFC last week, like Kansas city did nothing for me last night in terms of saying, Oh, this team is definitely the best team in the AFC. Yeah. And now like, the, now the Patriots yeah. are going to lose to the Colts. And then all of a sudden Kansas city just has the buy. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> if they lose to the Colts, I hope it's by one or two. There you we got go. a pick Pat. I got to go out and buy my mama Walker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I got to come out of the hospital. I, I, I am going to go with the, the, cause Tim has taken the dolphins this week. So I yeah. will take the jets plus nine and a half. I think they lose this game, but I just, I don't see I love Miami, that pick. I don't see Miami putting up like 30 here. Feels like love 20, that 20 to 13, 17 to 10. Yep. Just hold my nose. Yep. And cause some of these dogs are covering. It's not going to be last week where the favorites. What did, just, what, did my, what did Miami put up against the jets when they played Joe Flacco? What was that game? 24, 17. No, the thing is, the Jets had problems. Uh, Miami had problems with the Giants in that game. They were lingering, man. Like everyone yeah. thinks Miami's great. Like their defense is playing better, but well, their offense just can't score enough points no. to cover big numbers. Flores is going to Flores is a defensive coach. He'll play. Yeah. He'll play conservatively. He won't want the Tua to make mistakes. He's going to very much tell him before the game, like, listen, it's fine to play field position. I, there's a lot of reasons you could talk yourself into the Jets, and I completely understand them. I just cannot get over. Zach Wilson facing that blitz. And that's like, I feel like it's going to be a frustrating loss where they lose like 17 to six and, and you'll yeah. be like, God damn the jets well, like, type of thing. You know, this also shapes up to be one of my favorite things as well is that weirdly, I mean, this is just, obviously I'm not going to sit there, look at it and give you a good grade on it, but I, that's why I rely on some of these analytics sites to do so. The Jets special teams, very good. Miami special teams, very bad. So as long as you can get like a Braxton Berrios return to like the 40, maybe they can cobble some points out of it that way. Like I don't, I feel like I don't need them to score that much to cover this number. They just can't score like three. (laughs) Hidden factor in the game. I mean, not a lot of people are ever talking about special teams, but Pat Mayo, A plus host, brings. Uh, I mean, it is. It's a hidden factor. Look, look at the Bears and Packers Sunday Night Football. Yep. That game is a forty-five point win for the Packers if the Bears didn't have great special teams in that game. Hidden advantage for the Chiefs every year too is how good their special teams normally are. Ravens as well, Patriots Ravens. as well. Like the really well coached teams tend to have. I don't know how the Jets are doing it, but generally speaking, very well coached teams like top to bottom tend to have really good special teams. So it's not surprising. Hey, maybe Robert Sala is a, a good coach, and we just don't know it yet because his quarterback's complete garbage. Did that could potentially be true. Hey, with one of these like top five picks they're going to have, maybe there's a better quarterback out there, which they won't take. Cam Stewart, what you got going on this week? Got a lot. Uh, got to do a lot of things. Got to buy a walker. Got to buy a walker. Got to buy a walker. I got to go pick up some medications. I'm basically, yeah, I got to take care of some stuff with my mom. The good news is she's getting out of the hospital uh, before Christmas, which I'm really happy about. Other than that, I work uh, sports grid. Uh, updates from four to six and you can catch me and Gabe Morenci, uh six to 9 p.m. Eastern 
Uh, game time decisions in game live. Unlike Pozzola, who's a very like smart, calculated guy, we bet every single game on the board. So if you're a degenerate turkey and you love to put uh, crazy parlays and stuff together, catch the show. And then we're back on Sunday on Sports Grid, 1 p.m. to 4:30 in game live, where we go through the games, watch them live, and make live bets. Would you guys prefer to record this show on Christmas Eve in the morning next week or the day before no. on the Thursday? Day before. Day before. Rob? Day before probably works. I got to just look at my prior. That's Thursday instead of Friday. It's no problem. We can yeah, do it. I think Thursday's fr- fine unless I have something else going on. on All right. Because, yeah, Pat, night. I'm going to get probably Christmas Eve off, and it's the only day off I have. I, think I might even that, that, like, that, have that, to work that, on Christmas. That, that's there. good for me. My wife will enjoy that I'm not working on Christmas Eve as well. Exactly. See, you got a woman in your life. My woman's like, are you going to get like a day or two over the holidays? I'm no, like, but yeah, my, my wife is more like, on. hey, there's no daycare on Christmas Eve. So yeah. you need to watch fucking kids. Come mm. down, hey, pad the monies, the monies. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rob Pizzola, betstamp.app. I hope to see you next Thursday. Will you be doing your Periscope live and Twitter live on Sunday? What is Sunday? Is Sunday actually Christmas Day? Yeah. Or is it the day? It is. Yeah, it is. No, so, no, 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 no. Boxing Saturday. Day. Boxing yeah. Day. Boxing Day. Saturday, Boxing Saturday, is, Saturday is, is. Saturday is Christmas. But there's football on Christmas, isn't there? Um. I'm not yes, sure. I think there are Saturday games. Well, there's basketball week. games on Christmas, so why the hell wouldn't the NFL do something? I mean, if the NFL doesn't have Saturday game next week, they don't know what the, what's going on because, we, yes, they do. We get the Browns again. Browns, <laughs> Packers, the Browns, Cardinals. The Christmas gift that keeps on giving. The Browns and Colts have become the Saturday teams for this uh, season, apparently. But, uh, yes, please, everyone out there, check out Betstamp. Download it on your mobile device, betstamp.app. Um I do use it every day as a professional sports better, but even if you're not a pro and you're just recreational, you'll find a lot of great betting utilities in there as well. So please uh, check it out. And Cam, uh, please wish Joanne a very Merry Christmas from the Pozzola family as well. Thank you, Rob. Always been a fan of your work. Mayo, Marenzi, my mom's fan of these shows. Like she's not like the typical mom. Like she, trust me, uh, you should see her at the casino. One arm bandits. <laughs> That's the first thing. When she gets healthy, I'm going to take her to a casino and she can go nuts. Hey, that one up at Woodbine. It looks like it's completely open. I had a friend who went there last week, said it was great. Yeah, I'm just worried about sports shutting down, guys. Like the way things are going, they nah. got to get this stuff under control right now. And I, I know we'll probably get it. It, it, it might be just, temporary, if anything, yeah, but I still smart, don't even think it will be. Yeah, it, yeah, I agree. It's positivity. Ah, yep. p- the Panthers place Matt Barkley on the COVID list. I didn't even know Matt Barkley played for the Panthers. So there we go. <laughs> Fun times. Had by all. I'm Pat yep. Mayo. Thank you all for watching. Smash a like, sub to the channel, and play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. The link is down in the description. And sub to that newsletter because it's going to have pertinent info if you're betting on these games or playing daily fantasy or just your fantasy teams this week. You can go to Substack, type in Mayo Media, or just hit the description. It's all down there. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. All right. See you guys later. Oh, you should have seen that documentary they had on last night. The Ken and Barbie murders with Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. They did like a documentary. This fucking chick fleeced everybody. She is the worst. I can't believe the deal she got. I know. And And the cops couldn't find the fucking tape. Like, what are these guys? Like, it's unbelievable. And you see that other thing, Rob, that professional hit with Honey Sherman and shit. They yeah. go, we got video. It's some yeah. guy in a fucking shadow walking. Good That's what I cops. saw. The guy walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> and, and by the way, it's just the only person that they haven't gotten, like they haven't questioned yet is the person that it could have been a guy going for like a nice evening stroll. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a real <laughs> criminal. I got to be honest with you. Like I'm not like a rocket scientist by any stretch, but with these cops, like 
I'm like, everybody gets away with murder. Like I'm surprised there's not more like these guys can't solve anything. Hey, Pozzola, they only solve it by a tip. Like an ex-girlfriend who hates her husband. Now that fucking guy beat me and shit. I'll tell you what he did. Like they never can actually look at the documents and go, okay, let's figure this out. Like they can't. Did you get my drift? I got I your drift. We got you. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Experience! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.